Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete. And I will work for science. My name's Diane. You work for science, eh? Yes. Please employ me, someone. So this is what we're going to be talking about today? Is our subject? Yes, this is the Job Hunting Podcast. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's been on my mind a lot lately because I'm nearing the end of my PhD. So I need to find a job before I decide to do more school. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go through, I guess, some stories and some tips maybe. Yeah. For that? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but before that, let's do what we always do and just sort of recap on our week, sort of any new things that have been going on. Yes. Well, today we're looking at this lovely bouquet of flowers because today was the last day of Sunday school and they gave me some flowers to say thank you for teaching the whole year. That's sweet. So who That's nice. who yeah. actually did that? I, I assume it wasn't the kids. No, it was not the kids. They were like, we're having a party today? I'm like, yes, I told you that last week. Um... It was the head of, like, the church council, basically. Okay. Who's been kind of overseeing things for me. That's nice. Mm-hmm. They're very potent. Yes. I was <laughs> saying we might have to remove the lily that's sitting in that bouquet and leave it outside because it's yeah. very strong smelling. But they're pretty. They're very nice. So I feel appreciated. And now I'm done for the summer and done for the foreseeable future because I need to focus on my studies next and year. That is the big the big thing is it is summer. Oh my goodness. It got really warm really fast. Yep. Um, it was only a couple weeks ago. We were having like rain and wind and it was kind of chilly. Uh, I was bringing a jacket to work and then it went mm-hmm. straight to, all right, shorts every day yep. and you're still sweating. Let's get that AC in. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, I'm I'm excited about summer. I don't well, know about you. All the you. flowers are out and the trees are green and I've been biking a lot. It's so nice. Yeah. So nice. And even I'm just thinking of going up to the cottage again and hopping in the lake and all those things you can do in the summer. Oh, barbecues. Oof. Yes, you love barbecues. Yeah. Having mm-hmm. having a drink with your buddies on a patio or mm-hmm. a lake, whatever it might be. Yep. It's it's a sacred time for Canadians. These summers. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we learn to appreciate them. <laughs> we really do. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. I got a birthday coming up pretty soon. <gasps> yes, that's right. That might bring some stories or might not at all. I don't know. That's, uh, is that next week or the week after? Um, next weekend, we're going to do a little party with mm-hmm. your buddies. And then your actual birthday is the week after. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we might even have stories for next week. Yes. Excellent. Um, Is there anything else you want to share about the week? I don't think so. It's been the usual lab. All right. I'm going to give a shout out anyway. Yeah. Uh, This week, there was an expansion for the Witcher game came out. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely amazing. Nice. I'm loving it. It's really cool. So the Witcher series is sort of about, I guess, to put it in the most simplest terms, it's about a monster hunter by trade, sort of like a Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. But not just vampires. He he goes after vampires. He goes after beasts. He goes after, well, horrible humans, too. And it takes place in the sort of medieval era, 1300s. And uh, this expansion sort of brought him away from northern climates. And this is also like summer, where he's in this beautiful, super sunny region, which is, I think, based on France. And uh, one of the missions, I actually got to open a, a wine yard. 
So I'm now producing wine. I got a nice house. Oh, lovely. Built a stable for my horse. You're a vineyard owner. <laughs> yeah. Delightful. It's pretty cool. I like it a lot. It's really, really been quite stunning. Very cool. I recommend it. All right. But in order to enjoy those things, mm-hmm. you must first make money. That would be helpful. And how do you, does one make money? Someone needs to tell me because I have not had a job. <laughs> That's that's a good point. Let's let's put a little background. Uh, what is your history? Yeah, let's back that up. I have had jobs. Um, so basically, I had I was a lifeguard way back in the day when I was a teenager before university, and then university. I think most people work over the summers, but I was in a university co-op program, so I was on and off between going to school and doing these co-op jobs, which were uh, most were arranged by the university. Um, So that was basically the last time that I've had to deal with resumes, cover letters, interviewing, and they were just for kind of four-month jobs that I thought, you know what, if this doesn't work out to be the best job in the world, I'm only there for four months, so I don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah. And uh, eventually, I um, started to use my co-op terms as extra research terms. Yeah. So then there wasn't even an interview, it was hey, lab I'm working for, can I stay an extra four months just to fulfill my last co-op duty? And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as a fun so. sidebar, your employment, your summer uh, student employment, your co-op, mm-hmm. uh, is how we actually met. That's true. Uh, many, many years ago, like mm-hmm. eight years ago. Or eight years ago, yeah. Um, you were put into a job that wasn't entirely related to your field, too. That's no. one of the incredible things. It's one of those strange chances where that probably shouldn't have happened, but that sort of began our life together. Yes. You're doing a editorial job, right? It was yeah. more about just reading and writing. Yeah. Which I, reading. which I really liked. Yeah. yeah. I was writing for science textbooks. But it wasn't so much hands-on. No. Actually, that's a, that's a other curious thought. Have you ever thought of reading, writing, like that side of it? Because I know we're always talking about what are you going to do after this PhD? And, mm-hmm. and you're always like, well, it's either teaching or it's lab work. Mm-hmm. We never really discussed like a third one where it's like becoming a I have uh, like technical a writer. I have a myriad of options and I would, I really enjoy writing. So I'd be totally happy in a like grant writing position. Mm-hmm. The thing is... I don't feel like I'm qualified to be a grant writer yet because I really haven't had to write grants or I don't have grants that uh, have like garnered significant amounts of money. But even even in writing, like you've published a couple pieces now too, right? Yes, I've published scientific papers. But I guess you can't really just publish without doing the lab work, right? Like they kind of go hand in hand? Yes, correct. Um, Like I could work, a lot of PhDs work um, on the editorial boards of scientific journals mm-hmm. in kind of writing, editing, putting things together. And it helps to have a background in the science. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a number of options. I think okay. that's, yeah, one of the things that I kind of wanted to uh, discuss is um, there used to be, you know, back in the day when you did a PhD, it was almost like being an apprentice to being a researcher and being a professor as your profession. Mm-hmm. However, nowadays, only about like, I think the stat is 20% in Canada of PhDs actually stay in academia. So that's 80% of PhDs that need to find jobs outside of universities or outside of like being a professor. Okay. So there's a, there's a kind of 
been this recent shift in we need to train PhDs to be ready for the workforce that they may not really have been trained in. Yeah. Well, what I'm really curious about uh, when you talk about changing, mm-hmm. um, I just know from myself, like I've been working uh, at my job for quite a while now. And even since when I got that job to now, I know that the whole employment process has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has become very much, I don't even know if it's as much about writing a good resume as it is about having a strong uh, social media portfolio. Yep kind of thing right it's your your presence online uh, certainly in my field in graphic design is much more important than how well you can use microsoft word to write a, a cv or something mm-hmm. so um, would you say that applies to your area too with phd absolutely um one of i think this topic also came into my mind because i attended an online conference specifically directed towards PhDs trying to find jobs. And there was a whole session, one hour on tips to using LinkedIn because that has become a major social media platform for people uh, looking for jobs, Mm -hmm. professionals with a profile, but also recruiters will now be using LinkedIn a lot. Um, And it's making yourself findable. Um, it's, um, connecting with people that might be hiring managers at places that you're interested in working, mm-hmm. you know, it's just having a good presentation of the skills you have and what you can do. Cause no one wants a LinkedIn profile with no picture and just endless page of text of just job, 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 not really selling yeah. what you can do. It's funny. Um, LinkedIn's probably been around 10 years now, but I remember when it started and I don't know if you remember, but it was like, this is totally just like the Facebook for business. Okay. It's like, these guys are totally ripping off what's hot right now. Uh-huh. It's like, Facebook is just taking over and it's a big deal. And it's like, oh, LinkedIn now, but it's for you and your coworkers. And then yes. I remember rolling my eyes at it and who know, who knew like this many years later, it is a viable tool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and like you're saying, uh, they have like Uh, algorithms and search tools for finding exactly who you're looking for yes so it it is good and I do recommend people build that especially if you want to uh, get your name out there and it's it's good to connect I mean I've got a lot of connections through my LinkedIn um, already and there's potential for future employment if I ever need to just from that Mm -hmm. just from building that you know portfolio of people you know yes for sure so I feel like we have different, you know, job search stories. I don't know if we want to tell your job search Mm -hmm. story for your most recent job, because I feel like you deserve a big pat on the back for (laughs) the amount of effort it took to kind of switch gears a bit in your uh, career or your education and end up with the job that you have. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. That's going way back. But yeah, at that job where we met each other, I was working as a graphic designer for a print company. Um, and even then there weren't that many jobs for that. So I don't know how I nailed that one, but it was pretty cool. And I was there for, I think like three years Yeah. and, uh, there were starting to become murmurs of, Hey, we're making textbooks for schools. They might not use textbooks that much longer. They're going to start getting into these iPads. Mm -hmm. Uh, this was like, I don't know, eight years ago. So like. It was just starting to really change. And I remember there was like flash development was hot at the time. 
Oh, um, okay. No one talks about Flash anymore because it's dead too. <laughs> this is how much technology changes, right? Yep. Keep up. But I do remember I was getting into that stuff, and I remember talking to you off, uh, like my manager, and I was like, "Hey, I'm really interested in multimedia, and I'd like to expand my skills and see if we can uh, build that business." Ooh, really? And even back then, and they were like, "No, no, we're good. We've got like the top textbook people and all that." Um, fast forward a few months later, layoffs happen. Um, I actually voluntarily removed myself so some people could keep their job, but eventually the company uh, folded upon mm-hmm. themselves. So yeah, I took that attitude of I want to learn this new stuff. Um, I had always had a passion, and I, I knew some web design. I was making uh, a website for my band back in the day, and yep. I did music editing and video editing. So I had all those starting points, but I knew there was a lot more, especially with web, like it's complex. So I, I uh, applied for a second career program at Can- Canada Program, or maybe it was just Ontario, where they would uh, give you basically a scholarship to go to school to learn a program. And the consensus was that if you were working in a job that you can argue no longer has any validity anymore. Yeah, this was kind of during that recession, during yeah. the housing crisis, whatever. Yeah, so like a lot of people. Yeah, 2009, 2010, I think. Yeah, I think it was eight, but. Well, we met in eight and you worked for a couple of years after that. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so then. Or yeah. at least a year. All right, then. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I went to school and uh, I got, yeah, that scholarship. I got through that thing and. Uh, it was crazy also just at that school how many people didn't want to do anything. It was very self-directed, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did did great. Went you through flying self-directed colors, yourself. self-directed myself. <laughs> but even after it was done, it was like you got to join the employment game. And that was probably a good uh, another couple year journey of trying to get that right job. Mm-hmm. And it is tough. Yes. Um one of the things that happens with graphic designers, I don't know if this applies to other fields, is you will often get employers or contract people who will be like, yeah, we can't pay you, but this will be great for your portfolio. That's uh, become a, a common line. Um, it's brought up on the internet all the time how much it is horrible that especially younger uh, people out of school can't really get work. All they can do is build a portfolio. Right. And they're getting paid nothing. Um, and I worked for one of those guys who was running a music studio design slash business. And uh, I, I got employed there, but one of his tricks was he would always get students, intern, intern, intern students, uh, on like three-month terms. And once the three months were over, he would just get some new students. Yeah. And there was always this sort of promise that, oh, yeah, well, if you guys are good enough, we'll, we'll hire you. And that's what they did with me. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, it was a minimum wage, and I was managing all the intern students who were getting paid nothing. So that was really rough. And that was a really interesting learning experience. I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. And there's a few jobs. Yeah. Um, at this time, I also started my own business to mm-hmm. uh, make more money because minimum wage will only get you so far if you're trying to, you know, pay off your student loan and <laughs> And rent. live in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all those other things. So Definitely. Yeah. And I actually wanted to just sort of talk about that 
that that part of uh, the freelancing. The freelancing, well, more in uh, when you're a designer and you're looking for work, what you need to do, because that was a very challenging part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's going to be a challenging part for anyone who's fresh out of school. Like, I think the biggest thing is you need to be motivated. Yep. Um, and I know my mom would, or, or a lot of other people always say looking for a job is a full-time job. Um, that's sort of true, but not really. Like you can't do it for eight hours a day. No. Yeah. Um, but you do need to be motivated. What I was doing is I would, uh, yeah, spend a solid time on sending out resumes and looking for jobs for like two hours a day, but Mm -hmm. you got to fill the rest of your day and motivate yourself to do other things that are useful for your uh, potential future employment. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the things I was doing is I started like coding. I started doing new stuff. I opened my own new business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just doing other outside stuff that I knew would be useful later. But I have a lot of free time now. Yes. You really got to understand that balance mm-hmm. of uh, what's what do they always say? Like you work a job. Um, and you'll have a lot of money, but you'll have no time to enjoy it. Yes. And then it's like, when you don't have a job, you got a lot of time, but you don't have any money to, to, to get anything to enjoy. So mm-hmm. there's always that weird, hard balance. Um, but if you do have time and you're not working yet, like you can use that extra time wisely so that when you are working, uh, you know, it's sort of balanced a little better for you. (laughs) I feel like that is my mindset too, is that, you know, I'm like a year and a half away from finishing Mm -hmm. and already right now I want to have my profile, my LinkedIn profile up to date. I want to be, you know, actively looking at different job titles and different jobs and see where I might fit in well and kind of actively talking to people. Just, you know, even just start with family, starting with family and friends, um, seeing what they have to say. These are people that know you pretty well. So they might say, hey, you're really good at so-and-so. Have you ever thought of doing this? And that can kind of lead you to doing some research into some jobs mm-hmm. that you might be good at. Um, I guess I really just want to focus on, I know, you know, people get to a point where they're like, I just need a job, like anything, like give me something to do. Um, but I feel like, you know, where I'm starting from, like I'm an adult, I've been an adult for a pretty long time. So I'm, you know, I want to be in a job that I can see myself in and like, you know, working towards something that will be fulfilling or at least somewhere where I can grow and learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you can combine those two things. Um, sometimes you can like, let's say you, uh, a young Pete was really interested in getting into that print designer job, but, uh, no one was hiring him cause he has no experience or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting off working as a, I don't know, a letter courier for that company or just getting into like the company doing something small mm, getting um, in the door and doing that even for a couple of years while you were working on your design and stuff on the side, like maybe taking mm-hmm. a course or something. That's a really smart way to do it. Mm, Especially mm-hmm. if you, uh, that was one of the cool things when I went to that second university is there, they stopped going like, let's look for jobs. It's like, well, why don't you come up with all the places you would love to work and work backwards from that. Mm-hmm. So I was like thinking, oh, I don't know, it'd be fun to work at Sony PlayStation or something. And it's like, well, what would you have to do to get in there? And it's like, well, you have to move to the States. But, <laughs> you know, it was a good way of thinking. So if you are like you, 
kind of like I know、mm-hmm. where I'm gonna go, you, and certainly before all of your education, if you're fresh out of high school, that's a good that's a good way to do it because I do think it's important to、uh, work、um, the not great jobs at least for a little bit in your life.、Mm-hmm. Certainly not applying to us who are in our thirties or. 40s or whatever. Well, that has been drilled into me as a PhD looking for work as well. Is that we don't have any work experience in the corporate world. We've been sitting in research, so they often say, you know, yeah, pick somewhere where you'd like to work.、Mm-hmm. Maybe there is a job that's entry level. Yeah. So I mean, not the most ideal situation. Like you've put so much money and effort into a PhD, you would like to have a job with a salary that reflects that.、Um, but they often say start. Somewhere,、um, and that as a PhD, you have a lot of、um, skills, problem solving, leadership,、um, writing, presentations that you often move up faster than maybe other people、right. would. So I've heard that a number of times being told to me、mm-hmm. while I'm looking for work. But yeah, certainly pick places where you think you'd fit fit into the company well. Yeah, and if I had known like where I am now. I'd known about it that it even existed because、uh, they don't they don't look for people through Monster or through any traditional means. They have an agency that seeks out people, and this is again where LinkedIn is is useful. Is、mm-hmm. they actually found me? Is this for your current job? You're talking about for my about? current、okay. job. Like people actually found me. But I, if I had known way back in the day, like let's say eight years ago, fresh out of school or whatever, the first time, if I had known that this company was hiring. For graphic designers, and they were like, "Well, you don't have enough experience." I could have worked as a person who runs a printer、mm-hmm. um, for a couple years.、Um, there's been a lot of opportunities in my workplace that they'll take someone who is running the printer who just knows how the company runs, and all of a sudden they're in administration. And then、nice. uh, they do administration for a while, and all of a sudden it's like, "Well, you actually can lead some people," and then maybe they'll become a Boss of sorts, or get their own location.、Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's pretty crazy. Yep. But you do your time, you'll get somewhere. So sometimes it is worth starting low, starting the entry job. Yeah, but also you know, talking. I don't think that applies to you right now, but yeah. <laughs> but also, I think from that I can pull out too that you need to be like talking to the people around you and saying, you know, just.、Um, Saying that you're interested in、mm-hmm. other things, or hey, I have that skill, or I've been doing that before.、Um, you know, is there an opening at a different location somewhere for that particular skill set? I've also been the networking aspect of job hunting has been also drilled into me、mm-hmm. as well, and it's it's who you know. Yeah, I mean,、uh, looking back on it, like. It's really up to you. It's it's so simple in some ways. It's a terrible thing to say to someone who's probably been struggling looking for work, but、uh-huh. it will happen if if you want to find it. It's really up to you. Yeah. Your motivation, and especially yeah, like you said, if you're in this place and if you are working there, it's up to you to show your enthusiasm or、uh, want to、uh, upgrade or move to another position. And I think there's certain, like you know, like networking, like your online presence, like there's certain strategies that you can put more time into that would 
be more beneficial and more likely to yield results yeah. than the endless, I don't I remember someone saying it was like 4% of jobs are gotten by submitting your resume yeah. through online job sites. I remember that. And I remember thinking that while I was doing it too. It's mm-hmm. like, how many of these do they receive? And like, what can you do to make you stand out? Yeah. And I've been on the other end of it now too. Like mm-hmm. at our design job, uh, we'll look at resumes when we're looking for a junior mm-hmm. designer to join us. And I'm in on that conversation and, and we're looking at them and it's funny being on the other side. It's like the ones that do look kind of goofy mm-hmm. or are different are using a weird font. We actually look at them. Yes. Even though they could be the worst one. Yes. But they're uh, personalized a bit. But every so, one of them, yeah. no matter what, we barely look at the resume. We always go to their LinkedIn page and we try to mm-hmm. like just do a Google on their name and see what comes up. Yep. So yeah, definitely <laughs> privatize that Facebook profile. <laughs> Hide those photos, kids. My goodness. Um, yeah. And all about, you know, being searchable because as you mm-hmm. say, recruiters are on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So if there is a job... Go to that job posting and see what kind of keywords they're looking for. Yeah. Um, I had one person suggest if there's certain keywords you want to see that are popping up a lot, put the job posting into one of those software programs that makes word clouds where like the more oh. times you use the word, the larger it is in the word cloud. That's smart. Yeah. That's a I good thought, idea. I thought that was a really cool trick because then automatically you'll see these words popping out at you. You'll be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to put those in my introductory skills paragraph. That's, that's smart. I've never thought of that. Um, yeah, that's always a funny thing uh, with resume writing. I don't know how to give tips for that because for, mine, for my job, it's always been very technical. So uh, if you're a graphic designer, you want to list your experience with programs. That's mm-hmm. the best way to get you noticed. It's right. like, or even just mention... Um, uh, skills, skill set. So it's like, oh, web design. We're looking for someone who can do web design, video editing, and music <laughs> all at the same time. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you found me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's cool because if you're, I'm trying to think like if you're an administrative person for a bank, let's say, how'd, mm-hmm. what, I don't know what you would put in your resume. Um, organization uh, skills. Like. to be organization, um, event planning, um, someone who's able to multitask, mm-hmm. uh, deal with deadlines. Yeah, those Just, are all general things that I would say too, though, for my job. So yeah, but they're important. Like there were jobs that I was looking up. Um, it was corporate training, mm-hmm. which I have been kind of researching a bit because it's like teaching. Um, but you're not a teacher, but, um, just things like being able to use Microsoft word, PowerPoint and Excel was listed as a important skill and multitasking and being able to work independently and, um, submit things on time, be able to deal with tight deadlines, work in a team. Okay. But here's one thing. What? This is the most important thing. Okay. If you write on your resume ability to use Microsoft Word and attention to detail. Uh And we've received this. We've had resumes (laughs) where the margins are all off. There's spelling errors. (laughs) And uh, yeah, there's different fonts at the top (laughs) from the bottom. There are different font sizes. That's the first mistake. Like really pay attention to what you're giving to people. Yeah, make a quality product. It's so easy to go, oh, they're not even going to look at it. So Mm -hmm. whatever. There's probably getting 500 of them. 
yeah, that's the whole reason why you got to give your best for it. And uh, they always told me in school, don't add a visual flair to your resume. I don't think I agree with that anymore because uh, from being on the other side, I think it is worth doing something different because those are the ones that we looked at. Yes. So. Well, I don't think you need like, we're not saying like neon colors. We're saying just a subtle difference that'll kind of um, differentiate you from someone's that's just black text on white background and a whole list of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, in, in my field, uh, resume, nothing. What you really want to do is build yourself a website um, and put together the portfolio there. Because there's two things that designers are looking for. is They want to look at work you've done. And, I mean, nothing shows how well you're able to do design than have something designed to show, um, especially a website. Yeah, absolutely. So that can have all your skills right there, but you're also showing your skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that helped me too, is I, I built a website and I was starting to use that as my job search as your, platform. like online portfolio of yeah. everything you've done. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see, sorry, lost my train of thought. Bye-bye. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, you're speaking specifically for designers. I'm speaking as really more general because you can have a PhD in so many different things. Yeah. Um, But one thing they always said was (laughs) you can put down under education that you have a PhD, but you probably want to remove like all of the complicated titles of papers that you've written. And um, yeah. So you think it's not worth being specific for that? Um, I guess it depends what you're applying for, right? It does. And if you're applying for, you know, like if someone's asking you about your writing skills, you can say, I have written six papers that have been published in, you know, outstanding journals that are recognized globally. But you don't have to put in, I wrote a paper called Oxfenacine Effects Lipogenesis and Lipolysis in White Adipose Tissue. (laughs) It was accepted here. Yeah, but what if it is someone who is interested in that? Like, if that was what your job was about, then I would assume you put that in. Oh, well, yeah, if it's relevant to my job. But I'm saying, you know, if we're applying for a position that's Mm -hmm. corporate training at Home Depot, not applicable. Yeah. And just, yeah, because when you write a, a CV as a academic, it's 30 pages of just every single abstract paper conference you've ever attended or been to. Yeah, that's it's not good. That you really got to tailor your resume to the workforce. Yeah. And be able to translate everything that you've done as a researcher and as a PhD into words that someone in a work environment could understand. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like I was saying before, you got to you got to think that the people who are looking at your thing are just like you. Yes. They're going to skim it. They're not going to have as much time to look at it as as much as you would if you were looking at someone else's thing. Like get your friend to write a resume and send it to you. How how much are you going to read through the whole thing? Like mm-hmm. uh how how much do you skim an email? How much do you expect the a potential employer to read through your whole email? Don't write them a novel. Like, get get your points together and get it across. Yep, absolutely. No, I agree with that. Um, did you want to go into, like, the job interview part of it at all? Do you want to talk about that? Um, Have you didn't done any job interviews before? <laughs> no. I did Not for... Not even for, like, I did for co-op. For co-ops, yeah. Yeah, so I did for co-op, and, like, you know, I had a summer job once, so I did it for that. So what were those like? 
Um, I just remember they would ask you kind of what you knew about the company or the position you were going in. And uh, basically, the one that I remember going very well was just, we need someone who can do this. Give me an example of when you've done something like this. Um, so a lot of example-based questions where demonstrate you have success in doing such and such a thing. Um, I've had less of, I know some people go into interviews and it's like, what's your favorite animal and why? <laughs> Yeah, those I weird questions. I haven't had many of those. And I don't think they're very... They're not very good interview questions for an interviewer. Like, how is that supposed to... Well, yeah, I think that's... Figure I out if that person's designed a to, good to uh, throw you off on purpose. Just yeah? in case you are scripted. Like, if oh, you're the kind okay. of person that comes in and you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I've mm -hmm. got this. I'm confident, whatever. And then they want, as an interviewee, to be like, yeah, let's throw you off your game and see how how good you are on your feet, how, how well you okay. are able to just think whatever. Yes. And then even then after they thrown you off, then mm -hmm. they go back to their question. Mm -hmm. That makes it harder for you to just go in automatic mode because you've been knocked <laughs> out of your automatic mode. So okay. it's like, yeah. So what do you think of white fluffy bunnies? And then you go right back to, well, how do you think you could help this company? What are your thoughts about whatever? But research. I feel like <laughs> asking a question like, give me an example when you had to think on your feet and how you were successful at doing that. This interview. Might be a better. Because <laughs> when you're in an interview, it's such, it's a different, um, I don't know, maybe that is a good way of doing it, but I don't agree that that's a good way of interviewing someone and figuring out if they're actually good <clears throat> at yeah. thinking on your feet. Maybe they're just witty. Maybe they're just able to come back and be like, ha, huh. but when you actually need them to think on their feet in a crisis situation and manage a team of five people and mm -hmm. do something, maybe that won't be so great. Yeah. I don't know how you tell that from one question, so uh, I don't know. Yeah. My tips for interviews is just always to be relaxed. I've always been the most successful when I've just been like, I got this, or mm -hmm. I've already thought I, I'm working here. It's mm -hmm. one of the ways I do it. It's like, yeah. yeah, I already, I can already see B doing this. And it's like, yes. all right, so now this is easy. And just, yeah, be very calm about it. Mm -hmm. um, another big recommendation is much like that website, uh, do something flashy with uh, what you bring. Um, for our company in specific, like uh, they, they, uh, they hired guys on the spot just for bringing in a portfolio on an iPad. Right. Mm, okay. um, having it all like prepared mm -hmm. um, so that if anything comes up in conversation, it's just so easy to access it, right? Yeah. Um, one of my failures for a job interview is I talked about how I built my own website and they're like, oh, we'd like to see it. Mm -hmm. And it was all about, well, I didn't have an iPad or I didn't have anything at the time. So we had to go over to their computer lab and their computer mm -hmm. lab was not connecting. And then we finally <laughs> got into the site and then they were like, we want to look at your source code. And so they started really, they really dug in deep and then they asked me some questions mm -hmm. about my site and I actually wasn't sure because I didn't think we were going to go into this. Okay. And it's like, if I had an iPad of just like screenshots of my website, uh -huh. I could have avoided that whole, well, let's go into your code and let's right. talk about dynamic spacing <laughs> and JavaScript. And it's like, well, I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> was this for your current job that you have? No, this was, uh, this was another job okay. where I was kicking it right like, all the way through. And then mm -hmm. uh, at the end, they were like, just like, uh, just 
casually asking about some projects I'm working on. Yeah. And I have like, oh, I'm really excited about some new things I'm doing with my website. It's like, oh, we'd love to see it right now. It's like, oh, okay, well, uh, I don't have a computer on me or yeah. anything. It's like no screenshots or anything. It's like, well, well, let's go look at it right now. Let's go over here. Okay. I don't think I had my own URL or anything too. So it was like, dot, 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 dot. I had to type out a 30 character thing. <laughs> like it was really unprepared on my part to go in that direction without being prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, try to keep yourself in your wheelhouse too. And I think that is, again, why they make those weird questions is to get you out of that bubble. Okay. If you can bring yourself back in to where you're comfortable, your comfortable right. bubble, yes. uh, you'll, you will nail your interview. <laughs> um, yeah. All I remember is, you know, dress confidently, um, dress confidently, show up on time. And comfortably too. Yes. Because uh, the job I did get, I had a full suit. Oh, wow. Um, but it was really hot. Uh huh. And I took off the jacket. Yeah. I rolled up my sleeves like yep. how I always do. Yeah. Um, so I came in like how I like to look with the rolled up sleeves and no jacket. And I was very comfortable. It was mm-hmm. cooled off. And it was like, it's a nice day. Yeah. And so I remember better. that interview, man. I was just, it was like I didn't even care, but I really needed that job. But I had another <laughs> interview like two days later. So yes. I think I felt like, whatever, this is good. Mm hmm. And I don't know, I came in with such confidence and just such, this is fine, this is good, I'm good at this stuff. This is exactly what you're looking for. You're looking for me. You're not going to find a bunch of other people who can do my skill set. Mm-hmm. Now for this interview, were you prepared? Did you have an iPad or a phone or something with your portfolio? Yeah, I okay. did. I did. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have an iPad, but I had a very good uh, paper version of an iPad. Okay. So I could have all my points. Well, that's fine. Not everyone has an iPad. No. Well, maybe now, but uh, this was, again, quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just that, that confidence and stuff. And then he was, I was getting the tour of the office by the end of the interview. And then they like called me two hours later and I was hired to come in the next day. Yep. I remember that. <laughs> and I was, I was away at, at camp, I think. And I called you and I'm like, so what's new? <laughs> I started a job. <laughs> yeah. Starting tomorrow. Like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that was fun because uh, I must have made a really good impression. But I mean, I also followed up on that a good impression because I came in early because uh, I'm replacing someone. But the funny thing is, on that first training day, the person mm-hmm. I was replacing, I was teaching him stuff. Nice. Um, before he left, because he was <laughs> like, "Oh, I have to." We're working on this like WordPress site. And I was like, "Oh, I understand WordPress." I was like, I got to back it up. But I don't think you can. Is that you could do that? Let me show you how to do it. Let me show you how this is done. And I'm telling this boss, so this is how we're going to back it up. And if you need to export it here, this is how it's done. And then he's like, yeah, I've already taken over. Nice. See old guy. Very good. Um, I feel like one thing with interviews is getting good at those statements where it's, I forget what they're called. Um, they have a name. Anyways, it's statements where you talk about an experience, you talk about the results, you have like a, a formulaic this was the situation, this is what I did, this is what the result. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of practicing getting those out. I feel like when it comes to me interviewing, I may either practice with you or actually work with people who are trained at coaching for interviews Yeah, and just practice at being able to talk about myself and my experience fluidly without these little uh, yeah. ums. <laughs> yeah. 
So much things. like much like your resume or your portfolio or all those other things we talked about, your your conversation needs to be in bullet point form too. Yes. Without making them get bored. Yeah, you don't want so to talk for five skim, minutes on one skim specific Skim your information question. and get it across with mm-hmm. less words. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, you know, comes with being prepared, practicing, yeah, that kind of thing. Well, I feel like you are pretty good. I don't think you need to be too worried. I mean, the way I know you, I think you'll be fine in whatever you plan to do. Yeah. Um, there's some things you can't teach people. It's uh, that motivation, like uh, all the new workers that we have coming in who are uh, skipping work or skip their interview or whatever it might be. Like there's something already wrong with them before they even get into the interview because they're not really interested in working. But you've got that gusto. You've got that. I want to do something and I want to do a really good job at it. So I think Mm -hmm. you'll be just fine. I'm pretty confident too. And I'm just, you know, I'm glad I like to be organized. So I'm glad I'm starting early, even if it's just, you know, fixing up that LinkedIn profile or doing little things as I go along. I think that's, it makes me feel more confident about what's to come. So Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, so I'm feeling good. We'll see what it all, how it all plays out. It'll be interesting to record it all and weekly podcasts. You got a year. (laughs) What's the update? A year and a bit. So (laughs) yeah. If you're starting now, that's that's a good sign. It is a good sign. I definitely do not want to be there. Are a couple of master's students that graduated yeah. from my lab, and they kind of graduated, yeah. and then they were like, now I must find a job. And it was like, well. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I did when I graduated from U of T. And mm-hmm. there was, yeah, There's a that long period, period of time. You really should mm-hmm. get, get at it right away, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Anyways. All right, that's well, pretty good. We'll see what, what happens. I feel pretty good about this. I do, too. All right. I think we covered some good topics and we have two different perspectives on this because we had two different job hunting experiences. Yeah, but they kind of came out the same. Similar like processes, but yeah. kind of different from where we're starting, mm-hmm. I guess. Anyways. Well, that was the Ordinary Day Podcast, episode 15 already, D. Woo! Look at us go. Yeah. So with that, uh, we'd like to let you know that if you have comments, questions, or topic ideas, you can reach us at OrdinaryDayPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and I'd like to give a quick shout out to Phil Processor for our intro and outro music. Excellent. And as always, you can listen to our episodes through our website, OrdinaryDay.ca. Yeah, we're also on iTunes, and I need to get on Google Play. That's a new thing. Ooh. I got to figure that out. Nice. All you Android users. Cool. All right. Until next time. Take, take one, one more for the road. road. Yeah.